Amidst the COVID-19 pandemic resulting in a severe humanitarian and economic crisis, one may have missed that the year 2020 was one of the warmest in history. Actually, the decade preceding 2020 was the warmest ever measured, according to research from Berkeley Earth. Although scientists agree that the period between 2010 and 2020 isn't statistically representative, there is a broad consensus that global warming exists and is dangerous. If we do not take action now, drought, floods, storms and other extreme weather conditions will cause catastrophic and unprecedented harm, including to the global economy. In the aftermath of the 2015 Paris Climate Agreements, Europe designed its Green Deal, a plan to become the first climate-neutral continent by 2050. Yet large parts of the global and EU economy alike continue to pollute. Some fear strict regulations might harm their competitiveness, but slower transition might harm cohesion in the Paris Agreement. How to invest in these challenging and uncertain circumstances? My name is Marije Groen. In this podcast, I'll discuss climate-aware investing with Willem Kio, Head of Passive and ETF Investment Analytics at UBS Asset Management. Willem, welcome. Thank you, Marije. Good to be here. Thank you so much for being here with me. Uh, let's start at the beginning with the Paris Agreement. How do you think the Paris Agreement changed the investment landscape? This landmark agreement has had a profound impact on how both investors and regulators are perceiving climate change. I think when the Paris Agreement was adopted in, in 2015, um, this set a goal of reducing global warming uh, by two degrees or even one and a half degrees uh, if possible. Now, the importance of this agreement is, is that it has really crystallized discussions and debate around climate awareness. And by setting these ambitious goals, it has shown us really what the serious challenge is as it's lying ahead for us. So I think if we, if we take a step back and, and we look what has happened since then, because this is now four or five years down the road, We've seen that there's been two outcomes. One is really driven from a, um, an investor perspective where climate change has become topical. And more importantly, we've seen that, that climate change and the integration of climate change into the investment process has really become very important. It is being discussed uh, on a lot of client meetings. It is something that, that research shows us uh, that clients are really looking deeply into how to integrate climate change. The second part around this is, is clearly around uh, more from a regulatory perspective. So there, I think the, the EU taxonomy that has come out in, in 2018 um, has led to, a, to a, couple of, um, a couple of streams that have been kicked off. Now, one of them is, is clearly around the creation of the technical expert group, where they have been uh, tasked to look into a green bond taxonomy, look into the EU taxonomy, but also very importantly to set minimum standards around climate transition benchmarks. So I'll call these CTB going forward and Paris aligned benchmarks, which I will refer to as PAB. Now, in terms of, of another development from the regulatory perspective has been around uh, the Sustainable Finance Dis Disclosure Regulation, which came into force in March of this year. Um, I think this, this regulation is really important as it sets a, a set of harmonized rules. 
in terms of, of how financial advisors and financial market participants need to, to go about transparency um, linked to sustainable products. The, the final thing that I would say in terms of it is that these regulatory steps are, are really the first steps um, taken on this journey to, to integrate um, sustainability and in essence, the, the outcome of all of this would be that we have a, an orderly transitioning from the current economic model to something that is clearly a more sustainable, low-carbon uh, economy. Um, the, these rules will also underlie the financial products that have been created, and these will play um, a crucial role in terms of, of achieving these uh, goals that have been set. Right. Um, I referred to it already uh, in the introduction. In Europe, we've implemented all these policies under the Green Deal. Uh, as an investor, do you feel that this European framework is effective? Indeed. I think the, the policies that have been set is, is clearly a step in the right direction. I think when we think about disclosure and we think about transparency, this is something that is really important to clients. And I think the minimum standards that have been set around PABs and CTBs is also extremely important. Um, we, we need to reach or try and reach these goals of a one and a half degree economy. And one can only do that when you, when you have a clear focus on what climate change represents, how you can tackle it, what are the challenges, but also to recognize what the opportunities are around that. So I would say regulation will probably be more dynamic going forward. I think as we move through time and we get to 2030 and, and then onwards towards 2050, clearly if uh, the level of decarbonization isn't happening, um, unfortunately, I think the regulator will have to step in a bit more. Right. Now, a lot of uh, a lot is being said and a lot of is being written about uh, environmental, social and corporate governance. Um, I'd like to zoom in on your uh, UBS uh, strategy. W what does ESG mean uh, for UBS asset management? Sustainable investment or ESG is, is really the cornerstone of UBS asset management. I think if I just look at the at the ETF business, um, we've really been very innovative over the past decade, and we were essentially uh, a pioneering force together with MSCI around creating um, the socially responsible investment solutions or the SRI solutions that that have that have really become our flagship in terms of sustainability. So if I look at our shelf at the moment, we have around twenty eight percent of our products are sustainably related, um, and these already make up more than a third of our AUM. So clearly, from, from our perspective, SI is so important um, that it will only increase in importance going forward, and, and we definitely have a clear focus on creating sustainable solutions for our clients. Right. And my understanding is that sustainable ETFs have seen quite incredible inflows over the last couple of years. Is that a trend that you see continuing? I think this is a very good question, Maria. We've seen um, inflows into sustainable ETFs really doubling on a year-on-year -year basis for a number of years now. now. Granted, it has started off at a relatively lower basis. But I think what we have seen is that at the start of the COVID period, um, I like to call it uh, that a tipping point seems to have been reached. So the normal traditional type of solutions have seen quite dramatic outflows when the market declined in March of last year. 
But what we have seen is that the investments in sustainable investments have really been quite sticky. We've actually seen further inflows into these solutions and we didn't see a lot of outflows during this time. So if I look back in um, in how this has developed, uh, clearly 2020 was a record year. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of look at it that for the first time we've seen about a 50-50 split in terms of sustainable inflows um, versus traditional flows within Europe. If we look at how this trend has developed in 2021, we have been surprised that we have already seen $35 billion of inflows in Europe alone in sustainable and fixed income solutions. And what makes this number so staggering is that for the whole of 2020, we had $47 billion of inflows. So we have already reached 75% of the inflows of last year within the first quarter of this year. Wonderful. That's a great result. Um, I can imagine some people might say that sustainable investing requires an active approach. Um, Why would you argue that a passive approach also lends itself very well for sustainable investing? Well, I think we touched on, on transparency earlier. Um, if we look at passive investments, we, we clearly have to follow a rules-based and systematic approach. So all of the index providers um, that with the benchmarks uh, underlying our ETFs, they have to to meet the requirements of the benchmarks regulation. And this, again, is all about following a rules-based approach and also making sure that these methodologies are publicly available. Now, if we look at the rules-based approach, you really have to follow a very rigorous and robust process um, that has to be transparent when you create a passive solution. And this really helps us to align um, with sustainability investment techniques. You know, we can introduce uh, exclusions, we can introduce best-in-class solutions, but at the same time, we still have to, to follow traditional portfolio construction techniques, so like diversification, liquidity, these things are extremely important for our clients. So I think when you look at how climate and ESG data is evolving, how new data sets are coming online, I think this systematic rules-based approach really lends itself well to integrate new types of data into more integrated type of solutions. So I like to call it that we, we basically seeing how our building blocks are increasing with new data sets. And this then allows us to really tailor make our investments mm-hmm. uh, to capture it on a very granular level the topics that we would like to, to, to capture. Clear, clear. You mentioned the conversations that you, you have with clients. Uh, how important is climate to them? I think climate change is, is really very topical. Um, when we are talking to, to CIOs, it's all about how to integrate climate uh, mitigation measures within their portfolios. So this is clearly a, a unique situation that we are seeing with with a willingness um, from investors to engage on climate change. But then also, as we've mentioned before, from a regulatory perspective, we are seeing the same kind of dialogue happening from governments. So if you look at the pressure that we're seeing from both sides of the spectrum, it has really created a perfect storm, so to speak, in terms 
of uh, sustainable investment. So we're seeing an increasing number of companies and also countries pledging to, to net zero emission targets. And I think the momentum that we've seen over the last couple of years is really, uh, it's increasing. We're seeing a lot of products coming out. We're seeing very ambitious goals set. So I think it is, it is really uppermost in the minds of our clients at the moment. Because recently you launched a series of both uh, PAB and CTB ETFs uh, with two index providers aiming to reduce that global warming that you referred to earlier as well to one and a half or 1.8, at least below two degrees uh, Celsius. Can you tell us a bit more about these products and maybe repeat again the, the abbreviations of PAB and CTB uh, and how they fit into an overall uh, sustainability strategy? Indeed. This has been really two projects that was uh, a dream come true to work on. If we look at the family of Paris Aligned or PAB benchmarks, which are the flagship MSCI solutions, um, the important thing about Paris Alignment is that what we are trying to do is on the one hand, and for the first time, we now have to meet uh, regulatory requirements. So these minimum standards that have been set uh, by the technical expert group and is enshrined in the law, we have to meet that. Um, also from a, a sustainable finance disclosure regulation perspective, you know, there, uh, PAB and CTBs um, are, are marked as, as Article 9 and in particular Article 9.3 funds, which is really at the top end in terms of, of sustainability and, um, and in integrating sustainability within your investment uh, solutions. So I think from a, from a Paris aligned uh, benchmark perspective, um, MSCI has really gone above and beyond what the, the minimum requirements are. So I think first of all, we see that our solution is aligned also with the recommendations from the task force on, on climate-related um, financial disclosures. We do follow a one-and-a-half degree scenario. Um, the self-decarbonization path that is, that is key in order for us to meet this one-and-a-half degree scenario, um, we decarbonize the portfolio by 10% on a yearly basis. Um, and then I think more subtle but but clearly within the philosophy of climate change uh, it is very important for us to to shift from brown to green revenue um, it is also really important for us to to look into climate change um, and also what the impact of climate change is going to be so i think usually investors tend to think about the challenges that climate change brings, but there's also a lot of opportunities, particularly around the technology area. So I think these solutions that we have is, is really state of the art um, and, and has taken the PAB solution to, to the next mm -hmm. level. Now, at the same time, UBS has been very uh, successful with, a, with an active product, um, which they called the UBS Climate Aware Strategy. Now, this product has, has raised um, more than $15 billion in assets. So clearly very successful um, in particular over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And what we have done here is we've, we've taken this best-in-breed active solution and tried to merge it with what is required from a, a climate transition or a CTB solution. And here we've worked together with Selective um, to create a solution that is really innovative. It has a clear active part in it, which is well-founded uh, with a long-standing track record. And then marrying that together with the requirements from a CTB has created um, a, an ideal and innovative solution that shows 
UBS's in-house expertise and then also marrying it to, to um, the regulatory requirements that we are seeing. Right, right. And I'd just like to take it back once more to the ETFs. So now you discussed some active uh, strategies of yours, but the ETFs that you mentioned, are they also aligned with the climate uh, benchmarks uh, of the European Union that were uh, launched earlier this year? Very much so. Yeah. I think within Paris Aligned and Climate Transition Benchmarks, uh, it is now that it is regulated, the index providers need to follow these rules, they need to comply to these rules. Um, and clearly, I think in both of these solutions that we have on our shelf now, we are very comfortable that we've not only met the minimum standards, but that we have exceeded them, bringing USPs to these solutions that is, is very closely matched to how we look um, at climate change. So I think both physical risk and transition risk, but also, again, as mentioned, uh, all of these opportunities that come with them is really key and, and an, a cornerstone of what our philosophy in terms of climate change is at UBS. Mm. And I think in line with the climate considerations, also uh, ESG uh, ETFs engagement is really important when we're talking about those. Maybe you can just remind us once more why that is. That's an excellent question. I think with UBS Asset Management, we've recently passed a significant milestone where we have more than $1 trillion in, in assets under management. And with us being the second largest passive provider within Europe, it's clear that stewardship and engagement uh, forms a, a key part of, of our overall sustainability investment strategy that we have within UBS Asset Management. So I think what we've seen from our colleagues who are highly specialized in, um, in, in having these discussions with companies is that during 2020, we've had more than 400 engagements with nearly 300 companies. And what is nice about this engagement is done in a very collaborative way. It is done at the right level. So it's done at CEO, CFO, chairman and board level. Um, and then what makes us really um, stand out is that we are tracking all of these engagements that we are having. Um, we're keeping track of how the companies are performing in terms of these discussions that we're having. Um, and essentially, it's it's so nice to to work collaboratively uh, with some of our clients in trying to help them to adopt to to this new uh, new normal of a, of a new low carbon um, economy. So I think if we also step back and we look at the practicality of it, you know, if we look at the minimum requirements for for Paris Align benchmarks and climate transition benchmarks, one of the main parts that came out of the technical expert group was to say they wanted to avoid having just wholesale divestment from certain sectors and certain parts of our economy. This is where stewardship and engagement is key because you can work with these companies that are perhaps in a more higher emitting types of businesses and you can work together with them and help them to adapt. A lot of companies are taking on board what investors are asking of them and essentially they are changing the DNA of their companies to transition from an older economy to a more sustainable economy in the future. Mm, working towards a better world. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Willem. It was an interesting conversation. Thanks very much, Maria. It was great to speak to you today. You listened to a podcast about climate-aware investing with ETFs. I would like to thank today's guest, Willem Keogh, Head of Passive and ETF Investment Analytics at UBS Asset Management, for his time and his insights. This podcast is offered to you by UBS Asset Management. For more podcasts, please visit the Fonts News website, 
fondsnews.nl forward slash podcast. Disclaimer. For marketing and information purposes by UBS. For professional clients or qualified investors only. UBS funds under Luxembourg, Swiss, German and Irish law. Before investing in a product, please read the latest prospectus carefully and thoroughly. The information and opinions contained in this document have been compiled, or arrived at, based upon information obtained from sources believed to be reliable and in good faith, but is not guaranteed as being accurate, nor is it a complete statement or summary of the securities, markets or developments referred to in the document. Members of the UBS group may have a position in, and may make a purchase and or sale of any of the securities or other financial instruments mentioned in this document. Units of UBS funds mentioned herein may not be eligible for sale in all jurisdictions or to certain categories of investors and may not be offered, sold or delivered in the United States. The information mentioned herein is not intended to be construed as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any securities or related financial instruments. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future results. The performance shown does not take account of any commissions and costs charged when subscribing to and redeeming units. Commissions and costs have a negative impact on performance. If the currency of a financial product or financial service is different from your reference currency, the return can increase or decrease as a result of currency fluctuations. This information pays no regard to the specific or future investment objectives, financial or tax situation or particular needs of any specific recipient. The details and opinions contained in this document are provided by UBS without any guarantee or warranty and are for the recipient's personal use and information purposes only. This document may not be reproduced, redistributed or republished for any purpose without the written permission of UBS Asset Management Switzerland AG or a local affiliated company. Source for all data and charts, if not indicated otherwise, UBS Asset Management. This document contains statements that constitute forward-looking statements, including, but not limited to, statements relating to our future business development. While these forward-looking statements represent our judgments and future expectations concerning the development of our business, a number of risks, uncertainties and other important factors could cause actual developments and results to differ materially from our expectations. More explanations of financial terms can be found at ubs.com am-glossary. Copyright UBS 2021. The key symbol and UBS are among the registered and unregistered trademarks of UBS. All rights reserved. <laughs>